Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And together with our world-class coaching team, we have helped more than 6,000 women over 40 to fit back into their favourite clothes over the past decade. For more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the best restaurants for women over 40 who want to lose weight. So sit back and relax, and welcome to today's podcast. One of the most common questions we get asked about how to lose weight over 40 is, how can I eat out of restaurants and still lose weight? We've worked with so many women in their 40s and 50s who felt stuck because every time they went out for dinner, they were stuck in a position where they could either, number one, not eat anything nice, get fed up of dieting, feel kind of really restricted and then slip into back, in, back into bad habits. Or number two, they could give up, they could eat all the wrong things, but then see their weight creeping up and up every single month. And neither of those is really going to get you the results that you want or allow you the flexibility to enjoy your life to the fullest. So most of these women, they try to find a way that they can eat out in restaurants, but still lose weight at the same time. But if you don't know which choices will fit into your nutrition plan and you don't know which restaurants to choose, what choices to make when you go to those restaurants, it's easy to end up having too many calories. And when you're eating too many calories each day, you're eating too much food, that can quickly lead to extra pounds creeping on around the middle. And this is especially a problem for women in their 40s and 50s who are already dealing with physical and hormonal changes, which can make it easier to gain weight and more difficult to lose it. But if you know the right choices to make, you can enjoy eating what you like at restaurants, you can avoid feeling deprived, but you can still get the scales moving, drop a couple of dress sizes and feel amazing in all your clothes in as little as 12 weeks. And in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the best restaurants, the best choices for women over 40 who are looking to lose weight. Okay, so before we get into the restaurants themselves, which we will do later in the episode, it's important to first of all understand the overall strategy because otherwise you can still go to some of these restaurants and really mess it up and end up gaining a load of weight and then obviously being off track for those fitness goals. So the main part of the strategy is to establish how often you actually eat out because this is different for everyone. It's why we work with everyone one-to-one because this dictates the strategy. So if you actually eat out of restaurants very occasionally, so we're saying like once a month or even less frequently, then it doesn't, it's really not going to make a big difference. One meal in a month is about 1% of the meals in the month. Maybe the calories will be a little bit higher than the others, but to simplify things, there's about 90, 90 ish meals in a month. If you have three a day, it's one of those. So it's almost 1% of the month. However, if it's more regular, then you're going to need a better strategy if it's every single week or if it's multiple times a week. For example, if you eat out with work and you have lots of work events like lots of our clients do. So a good, good way to think about this is kind of imagine it's similar to getting your hair done. If you if you got your hair done all the time, so you've got an every week or every month, you know, it can have quite a big impact on your finances. It's quite expensive um, to get your hair done, maybe even colored, but at least cut if you did it really, really often. But if you only got your hair done every six months or 12 months, it's probably not a huge issue for most people. They can probably make that work and not have to think about it and plan a big budget for it. But if it's all the time, say you're on TV or something like that, you need to get your hair done all the time, then you probably do need a better strategy for it. It's the same with eating out. So if it's once a month or less, just enjoy it. That's our first thing. Like we're all about people enjoying food. Ben and I are both foodies. Our coaches are the same. We really want people to just enjoy what they're eating and 
get on, you know, get back onto their healthy habits the next day. So if it's out for your birthday, if it's out for a special occasion, like an anniversary meal, just have what you want. You don't need to think about it too much. Just get straight back into your good habits, which if you're not sure what those should be for women over 40, check out some of our other podcast episodes. But as long as you get straight back into your good habits the next day, you'll be totally fine. If you're eating out more regularly though, so every week or very regularly, so multiple times a week, so you have work events, you travel, or you know you just have a lot of social um, social events on where you're eating out a lot, you need a strategy. So Ben, why don't you kick off with what that strategy should look like if you're eating out regularly? So the first part of the strategy is about managing what we call the key three. So there are three key things you need to focus on when it comes to nutrition. The first of these is calories, second of these is protein, and the third of these is fiber. So I'm going to talk about calories first. And the key thing with calories is to have not too many, but at the same time, you don't have to starve yourself. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but essentially if you eat too much food, um, your body stores the extra calories that come from that food as body fat. It's trying to be helpful. It's trying to store that food for like a useful, usable energy source for a later date. However, in reality, that's just going to mean loads of extra pounds creeping on around your middle area. On the other side of the, the equation, if you were to starve yourself, um, there are a few kind of negative impacts to that. The first one is, let's say you decide your strategy is going to be you're never going to go out for dinner. Or if you do go out for dinner, you're just going to eat absolutely nothing or just have like a glass of water. Usually for people, this ends up with them feeling very deprived. It can cause sort of friction with the other people that you're with if you're eating in a social situation. And it's not sustainable long-term. You'll you'll eventually get to the point where you feel, you know, right, I'm fed up with this. I'm fed up with just going out for dinner and having three lettuce leaves and a glass of water. And then it usually swings the other way where people say, right, I'm just gonna have whatever I want. So neither of these things work. If you If you eat too much, you're gonna gain weight and if you eat too little you're probably going to fall back into bad habits and then also gain weight so when it comes to calories the main things to kind of look out for are what we call wads foods so wads w-a-d-s stands for wheat alcohol dairy sugar we can also include deep fried foods in there as well so all of these types of foods these are things that we we, we don't get our clients inside of fit over 40 to cut out completely but they're kind of foods that you need to be a bit more careful about. You can have everything in moderation, um, but you want to avoid having these things and leaning on these things too heavily and having these form too big a part of your overall food intake. So the problem with these foods, first of all, is they disrupt your hormones and they're loaded with calories. So for women who are over 40, who are already heading towards the menopause, who have hormonal changes going on, if you start eating loads of things like those what's foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, sugar, the effects of, of heading towards the menopause and the perimenopause that you might already be experiencing, things like you know, hot flushes, disturbed sleep, mood changes, etc. There's a we've we worked with a, a menopause expert uh, called Bev Thorogood. She did a presentation for us once where she showed us here's all the things that could happen as a result of the menopause. And not kidding, it was it was uh, it's an absolutely massive list of different things. But Whatever impacts you're experiencing, those can be made worse if you're eating the wrong types of foods. The other th the other place you can find unhealthy foods is also in sauces. So both kind of sauces that you would dip things into or sauces in the form of, for example, curries or like a creamy sauce with a pasta. Usually these things are very high in dairy if they're a creamy sauce or they're high in oil. For example, uh, a curry sauce, often they're made with a lot of, a lot of ghee 
um, which is, is very fatty, very high in kind of oil. Um, so if you are gonna go for sauces, rather than having the sauce in the meal, it's usually best to get the sauce on the side. And we're gonna go through a little bit later, when you go to a restaurant, how can you make the best possible choices? The next thing to avoid is anything deep fried. So deep fried foods, they soak up oil like a sponge. So even for example, if you were to, if we look at the most obvious example of deep fried food, <clears throat> especially here in the UK, so like a fish and chips, that cod fillet in itself is an amazing bit of food. It's low calorie, it's high in protein. Um, it's then covered in a thin layer of batter. Again, the batter's probably not gonna have too many calories in. It's mainly gonna be made of like egg, a bit of flour, etc. So the raw ingredients of that thing are not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But when you take that and then you dip it in that big vat of oil and deep fry it, that fish and chips, that whole thing, it just absorbs all of the oil. It soaks that oil up like a sponge. And you'll know if you've picked up a, a deep fried fillet of fish from the fish and chip shop, you pick that up with your hands, you put that down again, your hands are literally like dripping in grease, like they're absolutely covered in it. So it's the, the oil from deep fried foods that adds absolutely tons of calories. Um, fats are one of the most calorie dense foods that you can have. So anything like oil, butter, etc. Um, for a very small amount of food, they contain a very large amount of calories. The next thing to avoid or watch out for is alcohol. So let's say, you know, you're going out for dinner, um, you eat all of these wads foods, you have deep fried things that also come with a sauce. Your, your calories in your meal could be in the thousands already. Then if on top of that, a bottle of wine gets ordered for the table and you have a couple of glasses of wine, you could add another 500, 700 calories to what you've already had. And you can easily be in like multiple thousands of calories and end up in a situation where you have actually undone a lot of your results. So watching out for those WADS foods and, and especially ones that are kind of hidden in other things like sauces is a really key consideration. We'll go through a little bit later on like the choices you can made to make to avoid these things. As well as avoiding those WADS foods as well, the other thing that we recommend you do is consider the portion sizes because when you're eating out, most portions are way too big. They're, they don't have a male or female portion and yet unfortunately it's just bad luck it's just the way we are biologically men can get away with eating more than the average woman not not all men because it just depends on your size it depends on your muscle mass it depends on your hormones but typically men can get away with eating more than the average female males can and then around menopause typically the amount you can eat reduces again in the, the little bit and so typically the portions are too big for men let alone for women and what's more portions have grown massively so even since the early 90s research shows that they've grown by 20 to 50 percent so massive increase in portion sizes and most of the time it's way more than we can actually get away with eating so what i would recommend is first of all trying to share where you can share and i know this isn't always appropriate let's say you're out with work maybe you can't share a starter or a dessert with someone else but if you can, so if you're out with a partner, for example, or with a friend and you fancy a dessert, but you're, you know, you A, trying to achieve some, some weight loss results, trying to drop some inches. If you can share that, well, obviously half the calories if you have half the dessert. And most of them are way too big for, for anyone um, and anyone's natural needs. So think about the portion sizes. And the other thing is a lot of the clients we work with say that they are from, their parents are kind of from this post-war generation where 
it was all about finishing what you've got on your plate, appreciate what you've got. You know, they didn't have so much growing up and think of their starving children in Africa. And so they've been trained to finish everything on their plate and actually practicing stopping when you're feeling full, when those hunger signals hit is really, really important. It takes time, but if you can stop when you're full rather than just feeling like you have to finish everything on the plate or just eat the parts you enjoy, that also is actually really helpful because then it frees up a few more calories for either if you if you want to eat something later, let's say have that dessert or have that start or have a drink or just generally manages them better throughout the day because most portions are way too big. The other couple of considerations as well is the, the other two parts of the key three as Ben mentioned is protein and fiber. Now, Protein is really, really important to eat enough of because protein is the most, it's basically the slowest digesting thing you can eat along with fiber. So these take a long time for your body to break down protein sources, things like meat, things like fish, there's meat-free sources now, there's Beyond Meat burgers, even things like low-fat dairy is a source of protein, eggs. Your body really, really struggles to break these down, which means it takes a long time and it therefore releases energy very slowly. What also happens with protein is you tend to use some of the calories within that protein to break it down because it's so difficult to break down. So typically with protein, you only actually get about 70 to 80% of the calories from it. So even if you're having, let's say the meal was a thousand calories, you're actually only going to end up eight with 800 calories from it if you are eating um, a meal that's high in protein. So that's worth considering. So try and get a protein source in every single um, meal you're eating especially when you're eating out at least in your main. It doesn't matter if it's meat, if it's fish, or if it's a meat-free sauce, but just try and avoid things which don't contain any protein. So if it's just like pasta with no meat or fish, that tends to be just pure carbohydrates. It's not going to be filling. And what you can think of this like is like eating something high in protein is like putting a, a log on a fire. A big log on a fire will burn for hours and hours and hours and hours. Eating something without any protein is like throwing petrol on the fire. You'll get this big release of energy very, very quickly. The body doesn't really know what to do with it. You'll then have a big crash in energy and then you'll want to eat again. So that's like things like sugar, things like beige carbohydrate. They're going to be a big, quick release of energy. You're very quickly then going to be hungry again and you burn all of the fuel. You'll, you'll assimilate all of the calories inside it. So it's not going to help with weight loss. Then the other part of this is fiber. So fiber is basically... To simplify this, you don't need to track the fiber in food. It's just about making sure you have fruit or veg with every single meal. A lot of places you eat out, especially fancier places, you get like a, we went to um, the Ivy Asia the other day. I'm not sure I'd recommend it. It was very overpriced for the quality of the food. Um, but we tried it out and I got some miso cod. It was delicious, but it didn't come with anything. It came up with this tiny, tiny, I don't even remember what the vegetable was. It was like a little pickle or something, but basically nothing. It was just a piece of cod. So had to order a side and you can order a side of like tender stem broccoli or something like that. That will then get you some more fiber, which will again slow your digestion down, keep you fuller for longer, fill you up and get you loads of important nutrients that you obviously need. So just to wrap up then what the strategy needs to look like, it needs to manage the key three, it needs to manage calories, protein and fiber. You need to get not too many calories, otherwise you will end up storing it as fat. And the, the key kind of uh, contributors are things like deep fried food, alcohol, sauces, and the WODS foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, sugar. You don't want to have too many. It's not like you can't have any, but not too many. Make sure you're getting protein in that meal, making sure you're getting enough fiber in that meal. So maybe ordering a side of vegetables, but trying to avoid the ones loaded in sauce or butter and things like that. So that's the general strategy. Let's um, go through actually how you can apply that um, by going through the best and sort of worst restaurant choices as well. So Ben, what are the best restaurants out there? So the, uh, the, the truth of the matter is there really are no kind of best restaurants. 
Um, it really comes down to the fact that most restaurants have a wide range of choices from really good ones to really poor ones. And 99% of the time, there's always going to be a good choice on the menu. You just need to have the motivation and the knowledge to be able to make that good choice. But saying that, there are some places which really don't have any healthy choices. So the worst restaurant choices we've found um, are A, kind of a fish and chips restaurant. There's nothing really healthy that you can get from a fish and chips restaurant. I mean, well, I wouldn't, no, don't know if we'd even call fish and chips a restaurant. It's more of a, I don't know what you call it. It's a place Take you can away. buy food, isn't it? Takeaway, yeah. But you can basically get fish and chips, deep fried, deep fried sausage. You can get a pork pie. You can get chips. You can get like... It's just, there's literally not a single good choice. Um, the average calories for kind of a portion of fish and chips is going to be probably upwards of 1,000, 1,500 calories. The other restaurant, which may not be ideal as well, some some kind of burger chain, burger type restaurants as well. So for example, uh, Rob looked up the Cozy Club Chicken Burger, which actually, that burger with all of the, all of the extras you get with it is 1,900 calories for a burger, which is like, more calories than most people need to eat in a day, especially people who are trying to lose weight and trying to achieve their fitness goals. So if you can, avoid make going to kind of the worst possible restaurant choices. Uh, but if this is a bit of an extreme scenario. Most of the time, as we said, there's going to be about, there's going to be something you can have on the menu. So Rob, I'll let you go through a few good choices, good choices and bad choices for a number of different restaurants. Yeah, I'll kick it off and we'll go back and forward. So as Ben said, it's less about the restaurant and it's more about the choices you make in that restaurant. So if you can take any mindset from this episode, that is the key thing. And it's kind of having this, this um, we call it the dial method inside our program, this, this mindset where everything is actually like a dial, like a dimmer switch. So you can turn it up and you can turn it down. It's infinitely variable, just like the light in your room can be turned up and turned down pretty much infinitely between really bright and really dim. It's not like a light switch that's just turned on and off. And this is this is classic perfectionism. It's an all or nothing mindset that a lot of our clients struggle with before they join. And so if we can switch that mindset to going, it's like a dimmer switch. It's not about the restaurant pretty much other than those couple ones we mentioned. It's more about the choice you make. There's always a good choice. So we're going to give you some specific choices now. So if you were to go to KFC, I'm going to start with a couple of the ones which you think are all bad. I should never, ever eat there. But maybe you end up there. Maybe you don't, but maybe you've got children or grandchildren who want to go to these places and you end up there. So if you're in KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, a bad choice is probably to go for pretty much any of the burger meals. So for example, a Zinger Tower burger meal, um, a large with a full fat Coke, is going to be somewhere between 1,300 calories and 1,500 um, calories, which again is almost as many as most of our clients can eat in a day. And you can make 1,500 calories very filling or not very filling in this case. However, a good choice would be to go for something like the KFC rice boxes. They're really good. I've had them in the services. Um, I wouldn't usually get the other food from KFC, but the rice box is just rice, chicken, and some salad, but with some sauce on it. But again, it's not a high calorie one, obviously, because it's under 500 calories. So it's under 500 calories and it's 26 grams of protein. So like I said before, that's going to fill you up for hours. You also don't actually assimilate all the calories from that protein. So you may only end up taking in 400, 420 calories from that meal. So it's going to be really, really filling and actually a very, very healthy choice. And for most of our clients, they can easily have that as one meal. Under 500 calories pretty much works for, for any meal. Another example is if you went to McDonald's. So again, this is another place where people think, you know, it's dreadful, everything's bad there, or, you know, you might love it, but 
either way, most people don't think it's healthy, but actually there's a wide range of choices. And if you go for one of the bigger burgers, so for example, a big tasty with bacon, say you get a medium chips and a fizzy drink or a large chips and fizzy drink, but most people go, I'll get medium because that's a bit more healthy. It's going to be between 1500 and 1700 calories, which again, is going to be a whole day of eating for most of our clients. They haven't, they can't eat another single thing, can't drink another single thing other than water, or they're going to start to gain weight and fat. And we don't want that. So that's not going to work. However, there are good choices you can make where you can still have a McDonald's meal. So if you get a cheeseburger and a small chips and you just get a water, it's 537 calories. So again, that's pretty close. And if you get the little chicken burger as well, uh, it's called the chicken mayo. It used to be a pound. It used to feel like I was almost like uh, making money. It was so cheap if I ever ordered that one. Uh, I think it's pound thirty now. But if you get that, again, it'll be about 500 calories. Um, and it'll still have a decent amount of protein in, so it'll help to fill you up. So you don't have to miss out completely. There are salads and things you can get, but most people feel like, oh, I have to get a salad, that's boring. So then they go the other way and get this really, you know, this thing that's a thousand plus calories and they've kind of, they've not blown it for the day, but they've made it very, very, very hard for themselves to achieve any weight loss goals. So those are two, if we just look at those fast food chains. What else have we got then? So moving on to some other restaurants. So if you go to an Indian restaurant, um, the, ba- the bad choice there would be if you have a chicken tikka masala, the full portion to yourself and rice, that's going to be about 1,800 calories. Most of those calories are going to come from the oils that have been used to cook the sauce, probably cream in the sauce as well, and then also oil that's been used to cook the rice as well. So 1,800 calories for that. So that would be the choice not to make. The choice that would be good to make though, is if you go for something like a chicken or prawn shashlik instead and a boiled rice, that might be approximately 600 calories, which is literally, it's a third of the previous option. Other good choices, any kind of dry dish. So, you know, a chicken tikka dish where you get chicken breast that's been cooked dry with the, the sauce separate with a bit of rice and salad, anything like that, avoiding, avoiding sauces is going to be a much better option. And then also avoiding as many of the other extras as you possibly can. So... You know, maybe not having a load of poppadoms and a massive naan bread and all of that along with it as well. Another good restaurant to go to um, is any kind of fish restaurant. So generally going out to somewhere that sells fish. Bad choice, as we've already mentioned, fish and chips. So like deep fried fish is not going to be ideal. Anything else like that. So things like scampi, um, uh, what are those things? Calamari, deep fried calamari rings as well. Anything that's like deep fried it doesn't matter how good the thing inside the deep fried is. If it's deep fried vegetables or, or you know, lean, healthy meat or anything like that. As soon as you deep fried it, you've made it unhealthy. So a good choice instead would be, for example, if you went to Cozy Club, we talked about the, the chicken burger previously there that was 1,900 calories. But if you had a the seared sea bass, which is a, with tamari and ginger, teriyaki noodles, sugar snaps, red pepper, sesame, chili, lime and crispy duck salad, um... Hang on, have I gone through two? The crispy duck salad is a uh, is a second idea I put on there. <laughs> Separate thing. First one then. So sea bass with tamari and ginger, teriyaki noodles, sugar snaps, red pepper, sesame and chili and lime. That's going to be five hundred seventy one calories. Or if you had a crispy duck salad, that could be five hundred sixty six calories. But generally, anywhere that will serve you, if you're looking at the options on the menu and you've got a load of dishes, and then there's a fish dish, which is not a deep fried fish dish which is like, you know, a cod fillet, a sea bass fillet, something like that. Generally, that's going to be a good choice, a good low calorie choice. And then if we look at a couple more ideas, so we've got Pizza Express, 
again, maybe not your first pizza choice, but this can apply to any pizza restaurant, really. Um, a bad choice would be to basically go for one of the really big pizzas. And actually, some of the meatier ones on here are, are higher in calories because they've got fatty meat on. So the good thing with a lot of these chains is they have the calories on the menu. Anything that's over sort of 700 is really going to be a lot and hard to fit into your day. So this is what I'd go for, especially if you're also going to have a starter or, de or a dessert. So a Romano, um, which is the bigger type of pizza, Apollo Forza, that's the chicken one, is 1,250 calories. So that's a lot. Again, it's not far off what it is less than what our clients typically eat. A lot of people starve themselves on those calories a day, but you don't need to do that to see good results. Um, but a good choice is either a Legera pizza. So the ones they do have the middle cut out and they have salad put in the middle. A lot of people feel like they're missing out with that though, which is a lot of eating out is a mindset. Ben and I will talk about this before we start. But a Legera pizza is 600 calories, so less than half. What you could also do is just share a pizza because most people don't need a whole pizza. So if I go out um, with my, we're not actually technically married yet, but effectively my mother and father-in-law, they will eat half a pizza each and then they will have a salad. And they're in their 60s and they're able to maintain a really healthy weight. And again, it's a lot about the mindset because as Ben and I were talking about before we started, a lot of it is the perception of feeling like we're missing out. But when you actually finish that half pizza, usually you think, oh, I'm pretty much full now. Maybe you have a bit of space for dessert and then you can share a dessert as well. But if you don't want to share, if you're not a sharer, I know not everyone is, then get a Legera pizza. They're about 600 calories. Another another good place to eat is actually, this is our best. So we did we did say there's pretty much no best restaurant, but we went through everything and we've decided if we are going to pick one, a sushi restaurant is probably the best out of any for the least bad choices and the most good choices. And most of the dishes are not excessive in calories. So... Again, though, there is a range with sushi. So like if it's deep fried, so if it's got tempura or something on it, tempura prawn, it's going to have a few more calories, but it's usually not that big. So it usually doesn't matter so much. You might think, oh, it's got carbs in it, so it's bad. We haven't gone into carbs in loads and loads of detail. I'd listened to another episode on that. We've done lots of episodes on it. But rice or any type of unprocessed carbohydrate is, is actually pretty filling and pretty good for you. It's only when the carbohydrates get heavily processed and crushed down into tiny, tiny little grained powdery forms like flour so wheat pasta that's when it's it can be less good for you so sushi with the rice is actually pretty good and then you usually have some sort of protein in it so you might have salmon in it tuna in it you can get sashimi which is pure protein which is really good as well so you can almost have unlimited sashimi um, and often you can get veg with it as well so in our local sushi place you can get a salmon teriyaki so that's actually like a main you get a fillet of salmon, teriyaki sauce. Yes, there's a bit of calories, but it's not a really high calorie buttery sauce. Asian food doesn't tend to use dairy, so it's good for that. And then you just get a bit of rice and then you get um, some vegetables and peppers and carrots and stuff with this delicious teriyaki sauce on it as well. So sushi restaurant is our number one if we're just going to pick one. But really what we want you to come away with is that no matter what restaurant you're at, there are better choices. If you can get a choice with fewer calories, more protein and more fiber, so more veg in it, that is going to stand you in good stead. And if you can make sure you don't have an obscenely large portion, again, that's going to make a really, really big difference. So those are just a few ideas to help with restaurant choices. Inside our Fit Over 40 program, one of the things we do is work one-to-one -one with all our clients to help them make healthy choices whilst eating out. And because they've got one-to-one -one coaching as well, you know, they might message us and say, right, I'm going on holiday. Here's the different places I might be deciding to go to eat or I'm going out to a friend's birthday, here's the restaurant we're going to, what choices can I make? And then we give them sort of bespoke tailored advice of like, 
if this is what you, this is the kind of thing you like, here might be the best options to have. And then combining this with everything else we do in terms of workouts, nutrition, etc., means our clients usually drop one to two dress sizes every 12 weeks, just like Caroline did. So I've got a little success story here from Caroline Range from Cockermouth. She is a 40, sorry, 53-year-old menopausal practice manager. So she said, I joined Trinity to lose weight and to get fit. I was struggling with menopause and expanding waistline despite trying to eat healthy and exercising regularly. I've been amazed at the changes in my body so far. I am stronger, fitter and feel a lot healthier. I've lost 10.25 inches, lost 5 kilograms and dropped a dress size and I can wear fitted clothes more now. I'm enjoying eating out and not feeling guilty as I know how to adjust things to keep my diet on track. I'm also enjoying the list training, a real revelation that has made so much difference to my shape. I've enjoyed the whole Trinity journey, learned so much, and on my way to getting the body I want, I'm continuing with Trinity for at least another 90 days, which will have been a year and will hopefully have all the skills I need to carry on by myself. I would really recommend anyone to join up as the support is great and you learn how to manage things by yourself. And if you want to find out more information about the program that Caroline followed, just head over to www fit40info.com and you can find all of the information on that page awesome so that just about wraps it up for today's podcast thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week for another episode we'll see you then so thank you for listening to today's episode of the trinity podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows and also please leave us a quick review it only takes two minutes we do all of these shows completely for free to help you so we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all so thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the trinity podcast